show, this is Dylan James, and across from me, as always, is JT Taylor, and this week we are going to be talking about a lot of things, especially the divisional matchups that happened this past weekend, our Titans are in the head coaching hunt as we speak, which is something that should have happened a while ago, but now we are in the thick of things, and hopefully we'll be getting a good head coach very soon, uh, but we'll get into that momentarily. So, JT, how's your week been going so far? It's been pretty good, Dylan. Uh, just been busy uh, working a lot at DVC, had a couple nights working at Under Armour, so hanging in there, slowing down a bit after the holiday, and uh, with the marathon scores going on as well, so we're going to be busy with that, but other than that, it's going pretty well. How's your week been? It's been good. It's been good, just staying busy, and... Um... Yeah, I actually went to EA Sports today in Maitland, and I was supposed to be a play tester for an undisclosed game. They didn't tell me what game it was going to be, but I went, and I was a backup, and so the guy that was supposed to be there was there, so I didn't get to do it, but I actually got NHL 18 for free because I went, so that's pretty cool. A cool That's perk awesome. of living in Orlando, uh, because you have special things like that happening all the time. But anyway, other than that, though, my week's been going pretty well. So let's get on into the sports, starting with the divisional round. We'll start with the Titans first uh, versus the Patriots, and it didn't go the way we wanted it to go, JT, at all. No, the Titans, the offense really struggled against this game, even though, granted, a better team, the Patriots, but, you know, with the offense that they had with Mariota, uh, Derrick Henry, it took him a while to get going. Uh, of course, the refs, they made some questionable calls towards the beginning because we, we scored the first play, the touchdown in the game. We were up 7 nothing, and the little Titans were going to get going, unlike the week before we played the Chiefs, and we were down 21-3, to had to rely on a miraculous comeback. But me and you, Dylan, we watched this game and on Saturday night, and some of the play calling between uh, Mike Malarkey and the offensive coordinator just – wasn't working out. Mariota was like looking really clueless out there. And, you know, our receivers were dropping balls. And, you know, the Patriots were defense was getting all over Mariota, frustrating him. And it was a tough night. And our defense, you know, we tried to slow down the Patriots. But when you talk Tom Brady bringing his A game, you can only last so long in that game. So tough, tough game. But Titans, you know, we talked about this last week, Dylan, about Ian and the Titans made the playoffs. Like, what's the process with this team going forward? And as we saw after the game, it was kind of an interesting two weeks because first beat the Chiefs when we were underdogs, come back, we're actually going to win that game, and everyone's saying, Mike Malark is going to stay. He's going to stay. Uh, we're going to give him an extension. At least it's what the ownership's been saying. And then after this past game against the Patriots, they were still saying, we're going to give him an extension. He's going to stay. And we were, me and you, Dylan, for at least 48 hours, we're thinking, yeah, they're, he's going to get an extension all that. And then I believe it was either, it was Monday, I believe it was, when there was breaking news, just out of nowhere, uh, they're firing Mike Malarkey. I was like, what? <laughs> we were not going to get an extension. But they said the main reason they're letting him go because he was unwilling to uh, make changes to his coaching staff, especially offensive coordinator. Well, the political answer was his vision did not align with the vision of the organization, which is John Robinson 
and he believes that they are going in the wrong direction with Mike Malarkey, which I think they have been going the wrong direction this entire season, but they decided to let the the season play out, see what Mike Malarkey could do with the team in its current state, and like John Robinson said during his press conference after this whole news came out, the Titans have a very talented roster. They have a young roster, but they just need the right coaches in there to take us to the next level, and I think if we get somebody in there that can do that, that can work the play calling around my, uh, Marcus Mariota's skills set, I think that we could be a very successful team in the league. And like you said, there were some questionable calls in the game, but I don't, I mean, I don't think those could have swayed the game into our direction any more than it did. I still think the Patriots would have won because of the way that we were playing. It was a very lackluster performance. It was just a very, you know, uh, I guess we'll run the ball. You know, I mean, it's, it's just a very uh, simple play calling. And it you can't do that against a Bill Belichick-led defense and then let Tom Brady get on the field and just drive it on the field for touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. So um, it was it was tough to watch, but I'm happy that the Titans decided to go in a different direction when it comes to head coaches. And well, I think, Dylan, the Titans had to make the move only because, like you saw, the offense was sputtering out of control and, you know, this conservative running gun, you know, we're going to run the ball, pound the ball, and then barely have Marcus Mariota throw the ball. It's only going to last so long. And people were talking about it after the game how Mariota, he, uh, his stats are kind of regressed compared to his first season. Yeah, yeah. You know, this season, this past season now, he had 13 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. So he's really tailed off. So some people were asking, is it the coach? Is it the offense? Is it the Mariota? So the coach is out. So let's see what the Titans are going to do. Right now they interviewed two coaches, uh, Mike Vrabel, the defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, and offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur, who is the uh, offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. And I think they were and talking about the Rams, how they've done this season. They've they're talking good. about interviewing the defensive coordinator for the um, Carolina Panthers as well, that he's in talks. Uh, that would satisfy the Rooney rule as well. Um, but, I, you know, hopefully we can go out there and get an offensive-minded coach. I know that they're looking at defense, which that's great. I mean, I, I think that's a really good thing. But look at our defensive coordinator. I don't think we need any help in the defensive category. I think that we need to have an offensive-minded coach to come into the team. Our defense is already set. I, th- I think our defense is fine. Um especially with Dick LeBeau. I I think with Dick LeBeau leading that defense, I think we'll be okay for the next few years if Dick LeBeau stays with the team, which I think the the main reason why he stayed with the team in the first place was because of Mike Malarkey. But I think the Titans organization can coax him into at least one or two more seasons with the team to lead this defense to a championship. And I think he can do it pretty easily with the talent we have on the roster already. And so... Well, let's let's see what happens with the head coaching search. I hope that it's not as quick as it was last time because last time I think they just had Mike Malarkey's name in mind and Amy Adams Drunk was not going to waver from that that stance. I, I think that Mike Malarkey was the guy. She knew he was the guy and it was just a less... It wasn't as, you know, um, known as the John Gruden hire in Oakland. I, I think she's had in the back of her mind saying, we're going to hire Mike Malarkey. Let's do this job search, quote unquote, right now and satisfy the teams that are watching us and then we'll hire Mike Malarkey. So hopefully they don't make the safe choice in this in this situation. Well, I think all the pressure now, the ownership's kind of making this move, it's going to be on our GM, John Robinson. So he has to get the right fit, the right pick for the, the team and see how it goes from there. But all the pressure is going to be on him. So 
me and Dylan will definitely keep an eye on that. But on other Titans news, uh, Delaney Walker, he is going to be here next week in Orlando for the Pro Bowl as he'll be replacing uh, Travis uh, Kelce, who got injured with the Chiefs in the playoffs. So yes, and I will be going to the Skills Showdown next week on Wednesday. I got tickets for it, and so I'm going to the Skills Showdown at noon on Wednesday at Wide World of Sports. So I will definitely talk about that next week as well. Awesome, Dylan. All right, so let's recap some of the other action that happened in the division round of the playoffs. Of course, the Atlanta Falcons came back and beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sorry, I said that backwards. Excuse me, the Eagles beat the Falcons. Flip it around. My bad. <laughs> sorry, Falcons there are some There are some Falcons fans who are I messed crying right bad. now because of you. <laughs> but uh, the Eagles uh, came back to win that game. I don't think me and you, Dylan, expected that. Uh, I didn't either. Yeah, the, I didn't. The Eagles, the defense, they they made a goal line stand toward the end of the game. And Matt Ryan, he was like running for his life in that fourth down. And next, you know, he's just chugging the ball. And I'm like, is it even Julio Jones? I know he's a big guy, but is he going to be able to catch it? And they literally went straight through his hands. Well, even if he caught it, though, he would have come down out of bounds. Yeah. Because his foot did touch out of bounds when he was coming down. But still, he had the shot to get it. And he could have made that grab. It was a very, very easy ball to grab. But, I mean, hey, uh Tough luck for the Falcons. I'm telling you what. But the good thing is the majority of their team is going to come back next season, and they might make another run again. Who knows? Well, but, they'll make another run because they said, you know, the coach is staying in, going where the offense coordinator, Cesar Keesian, he'll be back. Defense coordinator, as far as I know, is going to be back. So, you know, Atlanta, I don't know if it's Atlanta sports or whatever, but the Falcons, I don't think a lot of us expect us to make the playoffs this year, Dylan. And, out of the uh, very competitive NFC South, I mean, the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers, those three teams made the playoffs. Yeah. So do you think that there's anything that could happen with the Falcons to change the mind of the head coach or the GM when it comes to coaching changes uh, to begin the season next year? Because, I mean, you think about it, they went to the Super Bowl last year, and they went to the second round of the playoffs this year, and then got knocked out. And they squeaked into the playoffs with the way they were playing at first this season. So, is there any like? Do you think there might be a coaching change midseason next year if they keep doing what they were doing at the beginning of this season? I will only see a mid coaching change next season, Dylan. If Mike Smith, not Mike Smith, uh, the coach of the Falcons, doesn't get it done in the beginning, Dan of the, Quinn. Dan Quinn. I'm trying to remember his name, but <laughs> if he doesn't get it done through the first half of the season, like if they're struggling. Out of the gate going, let's say, three and four, that's when you, Arthur Blank and I would expect to make a coaching change. But if they're still hanging there, five and three, you know, six and two, whatever, the Falcons are going to stay the course. I mean, Arthur Blank, his team is, he wants to get in the playoffs and then have the cards fall they may and try to keep going to the Super Bowl. So next year, the Super Bowl is going to be in Atlanta. So I'm pretty sure, Dylan, the Falcons are going to be extremely motivated. Like the, we're seeing with the Vikings. Yeah, we'll see. The Super Bowl this year. We'll see. So, I mean, and, you know, with the numbers of Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan threw for 210 yards. Julio Jones had 101 of those yards receiving. And then their running back duo only had 70, no, I'm sorry, 80, 86 yards rushing, 20 carries, 86 yards rushing. Yeah, they averaged 115.4 yards rushing this season. So that's like 13th in the league. So, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles did a great job of shutting that running game down, but Matt Ryan didn't have the answer when it came to passing in that game. They only scored 10 points in the game. And they were, what's their average score in a game? They scored at least, what, 
30 points, something like that. So, I mean, I, you know, I, they need to definitely do something. They need to change up their play calling. Hopefully Steve Sarkeesian comes in there next year and says, you know what? I feel more comfortable now playing calling in this system. So I'm going to let it, you know, happen like they should. I don't know. It should be better than it is though. Definitely, definitely, Dylan. All right, speaking of the Vikings, man, Dylan, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the game on Sunday. No, I watched it. No, I watched it. What a game. I I watched it, and I think a lot of us thought how it was going to be over. There's no way the Vikings are going to win this game. And all of a sudden, uh, Diggs comes up with that incredible catch, goes down the field, and scores a touchdown, and the fans are going nuts. Everyone's jumping around, hugging the guy. Crying, everybody. Oh man, I saw on social media too how the fans they were jumping up and down. They were in disbelief. I saw a video of a fan like literally he went to a bar and he fainted like when they <laughs> scored that touchdown. So I think a lot of people were talking about man all these miracles that you were thinking against over and over. And we talked about it still another week. The only time I felt like that was sorry, Dave Sheroff and you Bills fans, but the Music City the Miracle. City Miracle. That's exactly. The only one I could think of exactly that came up because I. All those lateral passes, I'm like, oh, no, we're not going to get all the way down the field. This is not going to happen. And all of a sudden, uh, it's things down the field, and he scores, and the announcer is like, there are no flags on the field. So <laughs> that's kind of how you knew this, like, it, it was for real. So, you know, it's just crazy how that game ended. And, and the Vikings, who would have thought, uh, Dylan, Case Keenum, he's kind of coming out of nowhere. Because remember, they had Teddy Bridgewater. He got injured. They had Sam Bradford. He got injured, but now he's healthy, but he's going to get back up. And now you got Case Keenum, who's bounced around with like Houston and uh, St. Philadelphia. He's with Philadelphia for a bit. And then he went to St. Louis, which ironically, Sam Bradford was there too as well. Or not Sam Bradford, uh, Nick Foles. Okay, yeah. And then now they're going to be playing against each other this uh, upcoming Sunday. So very, very interesting game that we got. Do you, okay, so last week we talked about how Blake Bortles was going to be the Trent Dilfer of this year. Do you think that Case Keenum now has that tag on him as the Trent Dilfer of 2017-2018 season? Definitely, definitely. Especially, Dylan, if the Vikings make the Super Bowl. they I mean, let's face it, they're, they're going to be playing at home. Yeah, yeah. And whoever they play, whether it's the Jags or the Patriots, uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting game. The, the Vikings are going to have to prove it, though. They're going to play outdoors. They're going to play out on the road. And it's going to be a very close game, I expect, between the, the Vikings and the Eagles. Along with that tag, though, do you expect Case Keenum to be the starting quarterback of the Vikings next year? Well, Dylan, that's a billion-dollar question. I don't know. The Vikings, they got a big decision to make after this season. Do they want to keep Teddy Bridgewater? Who I know he has a lot of upside when he got, came out of Louisville. But and they love that They love that kid. But they love him over there in Minnesota. But he can't stay healthy. I mean, Sam Bradford, chances are they're going to let him go. And then you got Case Keenum, who's been hot. Do you want to keep him? So, who knows? It's possible, Dylan, they could let all three quarterbacks go and just go in a different direction. So, it's hard to say. We'll have to wait and see. Have to definitely wait and see for that one. Now, let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I did not the expect that game. Upset of the playoffs. I did not expect that game to start the way it did with Jacksonville coming out swinging. They were man. up 21-7. That was... I was in disbelief. I was in shock at work watching this game and seeing how Jacksonville was just demolishing Ben Roethlisberger. They they got an interception. They got a forced fumble for a touchdown. Like they were everywhere on the field. The defense was insane. Blake Bortles, 
uh, you know, was Blake Bortles. He didn't really play that well. Um, he scored maybe, what, a touchdown, two touchdowns maybe? Something like that. Um, I'll look at the stats in just a minute. But, I mean, that game was phenomenal. Uh, it was very, very good for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Philadelphia did come back, though, and they did have a last-minute rally to um, have the, t- the score. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. What, <laughs> what did I say? Um, you said Philadelphia. Philly, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh. They're both peas. Oh, uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers came back um, to bring it within three points, and they were not able to capitalize on a fourth down play but uh Blake Burroughs only had one touchdown see that that's what I'm saying and <laughs> Leonard Fournette one Leonard Fournette Leonard I mean, Fournette had like three touchdowns he basically carried that team and the defense had a touchdown and then uh TJ not TJ Tommy uh, Bohannon he got that touchdown that pretty much shielded the deal for the Jaguars towards the end of the game but yeah Dylan I, I was stunned they were up 21-7 the Steelers kind of made a uh, comeback you know they're down 20-21 they're close but they're gonna come back take the lead but then the Jaguars just take, take it to another level. So you got to give it to Blake Burles. He was like, I think, what, eight for nine or something like that in the fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. And he just time managed the ball, you know, drained, melt the clock down so the Steelers didn't have time. And, I mean, Ben Rosberg, he had five touchdowns. And the Steelers, their receivers, Antonio Brown, uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Martavius Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster even got, like, one-handed crazy catches in that game. And, the Steelers still lost, and I know everyone's talking about Mike Tomlin. Some I know I talked to Hollywood. Hollywood think he should go, uh, but I think the Steelers are going to keep him. Uh, they already let Ty Haley go, which I was very surprised, only because I was like, he got you five touchdowns. I know you, him, and Ben Roethlisberger haven't got along. They, they but, don't like each other. They don't know, like each other. You're, you're letting your high But they have talked about possibly Todd Haley coming to Tennessee to be the offensive coordinator. Well. I would love to see Mariota drop five touchdowns on the Jaguars. I would too. I would too. <laughs> exactly. So the Colts. I would too. But so yeah, that was a crazy game. You, you look at it. Um, I told you last week. I said Le'Veon Bell did not have many carries the last time they played the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game, he. I mean, guess how many carries he had? Sixteen. Only sixteen. He should have had more than twenty in this game, at least. Um, he only ran for 67 yards and one touchdown. That was the main thing about that game. I, I think they should have ran the ball more than they did. They should have given Le'Veon, ball, Le'Veon Bell the ball more than they did. And there's no reason that he only had 16 touches in that game. Um, and he had nine receptions for 88 yards and a touchdown as well. But he should have just pounded the rock several times. And I think if, if they would have done that, they would have had a better shot of winning. And they did have a really close shot. I mean, just imagine if Le'Veon Bell would have ran it, what, 30, 40 more yards? I mean, they would have at least gotten another field goal and they would have gone to overtime instead of, you know, losing in regulation by three points. So next year, they need to work on balance between Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball and Le'Veon Bell and his production as a running back. Because if they do that, then that team can be unstoppable. Definitely, Dylan, definitely. All right, Dylan. Well, now that we recap the playoffs, let's do some league news. As I, well, I already mentioned some coaching change with Ty Haley, and we already mentioned some of the other new coaches uh, that are possibly looking for new jobs. Uh, there was talk about uh, Pat Shermer, the office coordinator of the Vikings. It appears that he's going to go to uh, the New York Giants, and then there's a report saying that Josh McDaniels has agreed to become the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Nothing official yet. Nothing official yet. So you never know, but that's been the rumor as of this past week. And, of course, John Gruden, he's building up his staff up in Oakland. So Of course he is. He's doing pretty well with that. 
Uh, a little bit of college football news, Dylan. Uh, former Texas A&M coach Kevin Sumlin has agreed to be the head coach of the Arizona Wildcats. You know whose name was in the in the running for that position? Former Tennessee Titans head coach. Jeff Fisher? Nope. Mike Munchak. Oh, Mike Munchak. Okay. He was in the conversation for that job, which I don't know why, because he wasn't, he wasn't a very good head coach at all. I mean, he's a great offensive lineman coach, which I, I would definitely have him as that, but... Head coach, I don't know why. So that's that's a good thing they picked up Kevin Sumlin instead of Mike Munchak because they would not have had a good season next year if they did that. Also, coming up for the AFC Championship game this weekend, Tom Brady this week actually injured his thumb on his throwing hand. Um, it, he somehow ran into an offensive lineman and hurt his thumb. That He's been wearing a glove all week. Uh, he is questionable on the injury report when it comes to the game on on uh this weekend so crazy stuff for tom brady and also the betting line went down um they were favored by nine points now they're favored by only seven and a half points so my question to you jt is if jimmy garoppolo was the backup quarterback in new england still instead of brian hoyer do you think that they would have a better do you think they would have stayed at nine points uh, difference instead of seven and a half points. Oh, I think so because we all know if Tom Brady got injured, you know, Garoppolo can step right in there and so like he did last year when he was spending four games. So, or I should say last season. So, Dylan, I think the Patriots are heavy favorites against Jacksonville, and I expect that they're going to beat the Jaguars this Sunday. So we're going to see them in the Super Bowl, and I believe out of the NFC. I really, I really think Dylan. I really want to see the 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 Eagles get in there. I think it would be a really good game between the Eagles and the Patriots. I know Nick Foles is, you know, not people expect him to do a whole lot, but the Eagles, with the way they played all season and all running backs, all receivers, you know, they're just gonna keep it rolling against uh, the Vikings. So it's gonna be Eagles and the Patriots. So I know we got some Eagles fans at work. They're gonna be very happy. Well, maybe. <laughs> I, I see the Minnesota Vikings actually going all the way. Oh, so I actually do. Okay. I, I do. Uh, after last week's game, anything's possible with Minnesota. So okay, I, I, I think <laughs> that in this situation with Case Keenum, I think this is just the Cinderella year for Minnesota. So I think Minnesota and their defense are going to ride all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars... Jalen Ramsey actually came out, um, I think it was this past week, I think it was after he won um, the divisional game last week against Pittsburgh Steelers. He was speaking to a reporter saying that he's going to win this B word, um, referring to the Super Bowl. He's going to, they said, bring the heat next week and the week after that, Jacksonville fans, because we're going to win this B word. We're going to win this B word. So you're picking the Jaguars and the Vikings? No, 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 no. I'm not picking the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are you kidding me? I'm picking the Patriots. Even though the the thumb thing kind of has me worried. It should have New England worried as well. I, I think that Patriots fans are a bit more worried than they're coming off. Yeah, they should worry about hashtag Saxonville, if you ask Yeah, me. because, I mean, I, I think that if anything, if Tom Brady has his hand anywhere near the ground this, this week, uh, throwing hand at all, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will find some way to hurt it. I, I think that Calais Campbell might step on his hand or something, something along those lines. And will they get a flag for it? Most likely. But if they do get a flag for it and Tom Brady does get injured, then that's a good thing for Jacksonville. So I, I think it's going to be the Patriots in Minnesota in the Super Bowl this year. 
and we'll see who will come out on top. Um, also in Philadelphia, there was a letter that went out to everyone in the city saying that the police do, cannot guarantee your safety if the Philadelphia Eagles win this game this weekend. So I don't want to be in Philadelphia this weekend. <laughs> I mean, even if they win or lose, I think that they can have some pretty angry or drunkenly uh, drunkenly celebrating fans out there that can do some stupid things. So be careful in your, if you're in Philadelphia this week. Um, I think it'll be a good game still. I think Nick Foles will still play well. But I just think that Case Keenum will be the best quarterback of the day. So we'll see what happens in that game. Let's move on to some basketball news. JT, there's been lots of fights in the NBA the past few days with the Clippers and Houston, with Orlando and Minnesota, and New Orleans versus Washington. Um, there was also one with the Clippers in Houston where there were some Houston players that actually got suspended for two games because they went into the dressing the room, room, the yeah. locker room of the Clippers. Do you have any more information about that? Yeah, well, the NBA did announce some suspensions for uh, Trevor Ariza. So he's going to be suspended for two games, as well as another player. Uh, yeah, Gerald Green. They both got suspended and for two games. And it was very intense. I didn't watch the game Monday, but I saw the highlights that they were talking about. Trevor Ariza and like Boyd Griffin getting at it. Uh, Chris Paul, all those guys getting that in the locker room. So it was insane. And the NBA, I think they had like five ejections in that game. I was surprised they <laughs> finished that game with all the, the players that were getting sent off. So it was a crazy deal with a lot of fights. And this was crazy because we had to fight that game on Monday. And then we had the Orlando Magic Minnesota players getting at it on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday night, it was the Wizards and the Hornets. So it's kind of back-to-back. So far, no fights as far as I've heard of for tonight. But, uh, yeah, the NBA had that going on this week. So that was a little interesting. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, Dylan, was was that uh, Greg Popovich, he kind of had an interesting quote about it. And he was talking about the NBA and how he sees what this, these fight situations going on. And he basically said, and I quote, Oh, you mean those typical NBA fights where they go, let me at him. I would kick his butt. Somebody hold me back. The NBA fights are the silliest things I've ever seen in my life, except there was the one in the stands a few years ago. That one was ugly. Of course, I'm sure he's referring to Metal World Peace on that one. So I thought that was hilarious. Uh, speaking of the Spurs, of course, I'm sure you heard by now, Dylan. Kawhi Leonard, uh, he's still going to be out for a while. Uh, he, uh, They said recently that uh, he has had a, an injury, so he's, he's going to be out. But he's not career fighting with his knee or anything, and the Spurs, you know, they're going to regroup and get uh, the ball rolling without Kawhi Leonard. And the Spurs have done okay. We're still in there, the top three teams in the Western Conference. Um, I know we're behind the Warriors and the Rockets, but the Spurs are hanging in there. Um, I know it's tough for Kawhi Leonard. He's only played nine games this season. He's averaged 16.2 points and 4 with 7 rebounds. So the Spurs, they're going to hang in there, Dylan. Uh, Manager Dobie's carrying the load right now. Tony Parker, so... I think the Spurs are going to be okay. What are the chances the Spurs make it to the NBA Finals? <laughs> Without Kawhi Leonard, it's probably like 99.9% that we will not make the NBA Finals. <laughs> Especially if we got a match against the Warriors again. But Well, I mean, Kawhi keeps playing, injured, but playing, may- injured. Maybe if I'm Popovich, I try to hold him off until we get close to the playoffs. So yeah. at least we'll have him ready by then. And 
that will give us the best chance to win. I mean, the Spurs, they've done a phenomenal season with all the injuries we've had, and we're going to keep hanging in there with that offense, uh, with Popovich running, and we'll be okay. Uh, it's, we're doing okay in the Western Conference, but a team that's been kind of struggling until yesterday, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Dylan, they were on a four-game losing streak. And then last night, Dylan, they played our Orlando Magic, who they haven't been doing so well themselves. They're in dead last in the Eastern Conference right now. But the Magic, they were down by 23 points and nearly came back to beat upset the Cavaliers. And the Cavaliers had to hang on late to win that game 104 to 103. And LeBron James, excuse me, I don't think he had a lot of points in that game last night for the Cavaliers. So it's going to be interesting to see the Cavaliers turn around, Dylan. I don't think they're looking at trades already. There's talk that they might get George Hill from the Sacramento Kings yeah. to try to bolster that offense because the Cavaliers have been really struggling. I don't know, Dylan. I think they're kind of wearing out. Kind of like what we're seeing with the Pittsburgh Penguins right now going to back-to-back finals. Yeah, like Cleveland's true. done it for like four years. Pittsburgh's done two. And it's just tough when you have that many games and that wear and tear on your body. So I don't think a lot of people are think that Cavaliers are going to make it to the finals. They, they won't. I mean, if if they do, it'll be miraculous, I think. I think that LeBron James is doing way too much in the season. He's still trying to carry that team. And like you say, he's been carrying that team for the past four years. So it's tough for me to see or envision LeBron James taking them to the finals and carrying them one more year. I, I just don't see it. And also, I, you know, you have to think about this too, is that do you think LeBron James is just mentally checked out from the Cleveland Cavaliers? Do you think that he's just wanting to say, you know what, I'm just going to have an awful season this year. I don't really care what I do. I don't care if we go to the finals or not, because next year I'm going to go on a team that I'll be playing with friends and I'll actually want to play, and I'm just going to rest my body the rest of the season to where I'm not putting as much strain as I need to on my body to make it to the finals. And then next year, I'll just put everything in there and actually have fun while I'm playing the game. No, I certainly agree that it could be possible. I know a lot of people are disputing that. But, you know, LeBron James, like you say, he's been carrying the team for four years. He's got a lot of wear and tear in his body. He's been in the league for, what, 12, 13, 14 years, somewhere like that. Yeah. And he is, you know, thinking about next year trying to – maybe get one more title or maybe a couple more titles. And Cleveland has a decision to make. Do they want to make trades to try to win now to keep LeBron there? Or do you say, you know what, let's try to build for the future. If LeBron goes, we'll have some pieces that we can build the carry to load for, for, for seasons to go forward. So it'll have to be interesting to see what happens with that. But nobody knows right now. Only LeBron knows, and we don't know. Yeah. Until July. Yeah. That's what we'll know. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some NHL news. So the New York Rangers goalie Hendrik Lundqvist actually made history by becoming the first NHL goalie to earn 20 wins in 13 consecutive seasons. So congratulations to him. He's always been a phenomenal goalie, and the Rangers are very, very lucky to have him on their team to carry that team. I mean, I think he's done a great job, and... They'll continue to be a playoff team, a playoff caliber team, as long as Henrik Lundqvist is on that team. So I think that um, that's really good for him. Congratulations. So um, Team Sweden and the Czech Republic actually released their 2018 Olympic rosters. Are are there any big names on the rosters, JT, that we should be looking at? Uh, For the Czech Republic, they had some players like uh, Roman Cervenka, 
Uh, he is playing in Switzerland right now with Fribourg Gudeharn. Uh, same with uh, Michael Bernier, uh, Martin Erat. He's one that's played for, I think he played for the Predators, right? He played for the Predators, yeah. And he also did play for the Capitals, so he's another one. He's playing in the Czech Republic. He sucks, but I mean, the, <laughs> yeah, whatever, that's fine. Well, that trade still haunts me when we had to give up Philip <laughs> yes, Forsberg. Yes, it does. So yes, it does. That clearly did not work out for us. But he's playing in the Czech Republic, so we don't have to worry about him anymore. So that's a notable for Team Czech Republic. As far as Team Sweden goes, Team Sweden, where are you at? There you are. So Team Sweden, they got some interesting players. Johan Fransson is on the team. Joachim Lindstrom. Uh, I don't see that guy that tosses metal on the roster. Oh, Victor Stolberg. He's on the team. Oh, okay. He used to play for the Preds for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Victor Foss, of course. He was in the NHL for a while, and now he's playing over in uh, Sweden. Nice. Yeah, and the, for the Voxo Lakers. So, yeah. And Carl Klinberg. Yeah, I remember Carl Klinberg. He was in the league for a little bit. Very cool. Uh, and, oh, yeah, Lunas Omark. Yeah, he was with the New York Rangers, I believe, for a bit for a lit. And now he's playing in Russia. So those are some of the notables on the rosters for the Olympics. As they're getting closer to the tournament, man. Should be starting in a few weeks. Uh, Yarmir Yager, who is not on the Czech Republic roster for the Olympics, he's been on IR for the Calgary Flames. So the Calgary Flames are deciding... Do you want to keep him to the trade deadline and see if maybe there's somebody that could use him? Because he'll be healthy by then. He's just been trying to rest up as a healthy scratch. So they'll try to see if he's if there's any trade suitors. If not, they could release him and he'd be free to sign with any team before the playoffs. Or Yager could just retire. So we'll see. He's been out for a while. I think he's only played, I think, 15 or 16 games so far. Yeah, I think that his career, at least with Calgary, is over completely. Um, they have been taught. There was a report that came out about a week ago saying that they're just trying to figure out what's best for him. They're trying to make it a mutual agreement instead of it just being like, Oh, we're just going to drop you now. Um, they're giving him the option to look at other teams, see if any other teams would possibly want him on their roster or like you said, to just retire. So they're trying to figure out what's the best for him. Yeah. He's played 22 games so far this season for the flames, not 16. My bad. He had one goal and six assists, and has seven points, and a plus six and ten penalty minutes. So, yeah, not a lot, but, you know, Yarmo Yager, I think, could still be very useful for a team that's trying to get in the playoffs. He has a good plus-minus, though. I mean, hey, plus six? Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Not definitely, bad at all. Definitely. All right, Dylan. Well, let's talk about what's been going on in the league. Uh, last night, the, t- our, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They did. Just yeah. down the road, they had a big game against the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> and the Vegas Golden Knights won. Wasn't a good they, game for Tampa. <laughs> no, but, it was not. I mean, hey, that's a good showing for the Golden Knights, though. Golden Knights played a really, really good game, really strong game in that in that one in Tampa Bay, in Amelie Arena. And uh, Tampa Bay just did not, not look put together last night. I don't know what happened, but Golden Knights definitely confused them. Yeah, they won that game 4-1, and the Golden Knights, they made history, Dylan. Uh, the fastest team to, like, 30 wins? I think it was 44 games, right? Mm-hmm. I think it took them 44 games to get to 30 wins. That's yep. phenomenal. And they're, Absolutely like, four phenomenal. away from, like, tying or breaking the record. So That's insane. The, the Knights are playing amazing, and it looks like they're definitely going to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Now, as far as Stanley Cup, I don't know, but it's kind of weird with the NHL with the expansion teams because the last time I can remember where, like, a team just kind of was new and came out of nowhere was, like, the Florida Panthers. They, they joined the league, like, Two years prior, and then in '96, 
I think it was 96 season, 95-96 season, they made it to like a final where they played the Colorado Avalanche. And the Avalanche had won, but they had made it all the way there. So it looks like the Vegas Golden Knights, they could make it. They could break that to, record too. Uh, unless your Predators have something to say about that. Oh, they will. Oh, they will. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Predators, the Predators have actually been on the upswing recently since their mandatory break. They are actually 5-1-1 one, one in the last seven games with Ryan Ellis playing defense, which is fantastic to see him back on the ice. And last night, we actually continued winning against the Arizona Coyotes. We won 3-2 to two in a shootout, and Craig Smith was the one with the game winner, so congratulations to him. It was a phenomenal game to watch. They they tied it up really late in the fourth, and um, we had went into overtime. No one could score a goal, and they went into a shootout, and it was, it was a very, very good game to watch. So congratulations to the Predators on that win. And we still don't have Philip Forsberg, but this team continues to find ways to win defensively. And they said that, you know, hey, teams like that, championship teams can win with what they've got. And they definitely have a great roster to do that. So congratulations to them. And hopefully they continue these winning ways tomorrow against the Florida Panthers in Nashville. So JT, what about your uh, Capitals? How are they doing? Well, Dylan, last time we did our show, the Capitals have basically been off for a week until uh, last night. We had a, 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 not last night, but we played a game last Friday against the Carolina Hurricanes. Again, we had back-to-back games. And we came back and won that game 4-3 to on Friday, January 12th to win that game against the Hurricanes. And then we played a game last night against the New Jersey Devils um, in New Jersey. Um, the Devils pretty much took it to us in that game. And it was a pretty close game. Uh, it was, uh, Devils were up 3-2 in the, in the second intermission. And then... Third intermission, we tied the game to get it to overtime. So we got a crucial point, at least. But the Devils got the extra goal to get them the victory in OT. So the Devils won. So the Capitals, after being off for like four or five games, were still on top of the Metropolitan Division. But now we got three games in four nights. So as I mentioned, we played the Devils last night. Tonight, we're playing the Montreal Canadiens at home at the Capital One Arena. And then on Sunday, we got a game against the Philadelphia Flyers. And then... Next Thursday, we'll play the Florida Panthers as we get closer to the All-Star break. Good stuff. But so far, so good for the Caps. Good, good. And we get to see them. I get to see them next week. I get to see Alex Ovechkin, baby. Yeah, man, you go in the All-Star game. Second so time in the season, that's so gonna it's going to be fun. Very awesome. And the NHL's looking pretty good right now with, you know, the Lightning, Bruins, and Maple Leafs leading the Atlantic Division. Of course, us, the Devils, and Blue Jackets, and the other division, the Metropolitan of course, your Preds are up in the Central Division with the Jets and Blues right behind you guys. Yep. And then, of course, the Golden Knights, the Sharks, and the Flames are leading the Pacific Division. Ooh, that's insane. All right, let's move on to our segments of the week. And it is now time for JT's Football Recap of the Week. Thanks, Dylan. And as always, Out of Bounds, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And for my weekend recap, let's start with all the European action that happened this, this past week. So, Real Madrid had a big game this week against Villarreal, and they lost that game 1-0. So Real Madrid, Dylan, they have now are 19 points behind their arch-rivals, FC Barcelona, in La Liga right now. Wow. So Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, he only has four goals in, like, I think he's played 12 games or 13 games so far because he was injured, so he missed a few games. Even Barcelona, who brought in Paulinho, has more goals than Cristiano Ronaldo right now. 
And Cristiano Ronaldo's not happy because Lionel Messi, you know that guy, the best player in the world right now, mm-hmm. he's making more money than Cristiano Ronaldo. And Ronaldo, he's like, I won two Champions League. I won Ballon d'Or. Why is Messi getting more money than me? So he's not happy about that. So Real Madrid can have to get him some money real quick. Otherwise, he might be out the door this summer. Liverpool, they snapped Man City's 23-game 20, unbeaten streak by be hanging on to beat them 4-3 this past Sunday. That was an amazing game. Uh, Liverpool really took it to Manchester City in that game. So Manchester City will have to bounce back. They play Newcastle this weekend. And Barcelona, speaking of them, they came back and beat Real Sociedad 4-2. It was the first win at Real Sociedad in 80 years. So congrats to them. On to some Orlando City news. Uh, Orlando City, of course, they've been hosting the MLS Combine this past week with a lot of prospects that they're checking out. Uh, Josue Coleman, the 19-year-old, uh, I think he's Bergwijn or Peruvian. He's one of those. I think he's Peruvian. But he just signed a contract with Orlando City, so that's pretty great. And then, of course, Kyle Laren, we don't expect him to come back to Orlando City, but he recently had talked to Besiktas, and we thought there was an agreement, but Orlando City's trying to fight this. and say, hey, he's still telling you under contract, so Besiktas, you owe us some money. So oh. Besiktas is going to go to court and try to fight that out. Not sure what's going to happen there, but regardless, Dylan, one way or the other, Kyle Laren is gone. All wow. right. So on to some sucky news. Of course, we had uh, up in the city of Brother You Love, Philadelphia, the U.S. Coaches Convention. So a lot of news going on there as a lot of people are talking about the president election race that's going to happen for the U.S. Soccer Federation next month. So a lot of people have been campaigning about that up there in Philadelphia. Of course, we had the MLS Super Draft where uh, LAFC made their first pick. They selected uh, Joe uh, Moutinho uh, from Akron. So that was a really big deal for them. Congrats to them. Uh, in the WSL, there was a big trade uh, as Carly Laurie is now going to New Jersey to play for Sky Blue. And Crystal Dunn, of course, got traded as well to North Carolina Courage. And Samantha Kerr, I believe, went to... Uh, no, Christian Press went to Houston. And then Samantha Kerr went the other way, I believe, Chicago. So, very big deal in the NWSL. And, of course, USL, they are now sanctioned to Division Two status. As the NASL still awaiting their lawsuit decision on uh, the Court of Appeals. And Landon Donovan, he's coming back. He's coming out of retirement again, like your boy Brett Favre, Dylan. And he's going to be signing with Club Neon over in New Mexico. So, and play Liga MX. So, very interesting. Uh, as you know, he does speak English and Spanish. So, that's very interesting. And we'll see how that goes. All right, Dylan. Some games to watch this week. We got games going on on Sunday. As Barcelona will be hosting, or on the road, taking on Real Betis. That's going to be at 2.45 p.m. on BN Sports. You got the uh, uh, Minor Classico in France between Olympic Lyon against Paris Saint-Germain. That's going to be a big game as well at 3 o'clock. And the Inter Milan will take on AS Roma. That's going to be on at 2.45 as well. And that will conclude my football recap of the week. Let's talk about some miscellaneous news coming out of baseball. The MLB, Pittsburgh Pirates traded Andrew McCutcheon to the San Francisco Giants. Do you think this is a good move for both teams? Well, it's good news for the Giants. It is not a good news for the Pittsburgh Pirates right now. Uh, it's kind of funny because I talked to Dave about it yesterday. And Dave was telling me about, man, Pittsburgh, they're just bailing out the fans. You know, our owner, he's trying to claim he has no money, but he has money and he's being cheap. And he's saying that, you know, you traded McClutchin, who's like one of our top best players that they've had, and you traded a pitcher to Houston. And the Pirates, Dylan, 
what they got prospects that haven't really showed up much in the major leagues and Pittsburgh doesn't have a lot to, to sell at this point. It looks like it's going to be a fire sale. I thought it was going to be the Marlins. But I guess the Pirates have other ideas. And remember, Dylan, the Pirates were in the playoffs a few years ago. Yeah. So if the owner was willing, he could have spent money like what Houston Astros did. They went through this process with minor leaguers and their players, and they got some good players in the system, traded, got some better players, and then they brought in Justin Verlander. Next thing you know, they won the World Series. The Pirates could have been that team a few years ago, but the owner wasn't willing to spend the money, and now it looks like they're going to be a team that's going to be rebuilding. Yeah, do you think there are any team, any players out there that are sticking out in your mind so far that might replace Andrew McCutcheon? Uh, not that I know of, Dylan. It looks from what I've heard, they're not bringing anybody in other than prospects. All right, and in that trade, uh, just to clarify, um, San Francisco Giants sent Brian Reynolds and Kyle Crick um, to Pittsburgh in exchange for McCutcheon. So that's a big name coming out of Pittsburgh, uh, and I know that he was a really big integral part of this of the uh, city itself. So um, sorry for Pittsburgh, but I mean, hey, Andrew McCutcheon has to go over to the San Francisco Giants and win himself a ring soon. So I think he can do it over there in San Francisco. Let's move on to Charlotte Checkers. Uh, they are a, um, a lower league hockey team that they yeah, played. The, the affiliate of the Carolina Hurricanes. Gotcha. They played um, a hockey game in an empty coliseum at the Bojangles Coliseum the other night because of a snowstorm in North Carolina this past Wednesday against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers in the AHL. Yeah, they won that game uh, four to three, and it was very interesting, Dylan, because you know because of the, this weather. I mean, none of the fans could get there, so they had to play the game, and they played in an empty arena. So they were joking about it on Twitter, saying, "Oh man, it's nice and quiet. Hear the coaches screaming, <laughs> hear the you know the puck <laughs> moving around. It's like a scrimmage out there, basically. Yeah, yeah. and you're playing against the other team. So uh, that was a pretty amazing experience for those guys, at least. And for Charlotte, I mean, your fans, you didn't get a chance to see the game, but your team won." So Charlotte, I check the stands, are doing pretty good in the AHL right now. So we'll keep our eye on some minor league action as we go through the season this year. Uh, in the WNBA, the Las Vegas basketball team, they announced their name. So they're going to be called the Las Vegas Aces. Now, just to be clear, there is another team in Nevada called the Reno Aces. So they were kind of like, what, really? Like, why are you picking this name? We kind of already claim it, but... Las Vegas, like, we're, we're Las Vegas, so we do whatever. You know, in Las Vegas, they kind of had to go with, they can't, you be like the gamblers or something like that. But yeah, true. Aces, okay. But to be fair, in California, Dylan, they have two teams with the name Kings. You have the Sacramento Kings in the NBA, and then down in the south, you have the LA Kings. You know, if they were and wanting no to one go, gets to mix up, so. If they were wanting to go with the Aces, you know what they should have done? Added the smoking Aces. That's what they should have done. Ah, see? I see what you did there. It just made it a little bit better just by saying just the smoke and aces. Okay, it's WNBA. That's what it is. I mean, sorry if that sound, sound sounded <laughs> not right. But still, the smoke and aces, that would have been a great name. I think so, but whatever. All right, Dylan. And just a quick update on the Orlando Solar Bears. We haven't talked about them in a while, but they're doing pretty okay this month. They're 4-2 and two this month in the ECHL, and they will be playing the Florida Everblades this weekend. Uh, they got a game tomorrow and Sunday. Uh, I know I checked on their schedule. Tomorrow they're doing a military appreciation night over at the Amway Center. So that's pretty cool. So we'll see if the Orlando Solar Bears uh, keep on trolling along this season as they try to make a race for the Kelly Cup in the ECHL playoffs. That will start in April. Sounds great. So let's move on to Uncle Bobby's scam alert. Uncle Bobby's on the phone with us right now. 
So, Uncle Bobby, uh, first of all, let's go to the winner of the gift card, the um, the Cracker Barrel gift card, the Cheesecake Factory gift card, and also the Chick-fil-A sandwich. That actually goes okay. to, drumroll please, Dave Feske actually won that one. So, congratulations, Dave. We will be sending you the $25 gift card to Cheesecake Factory, $25 gift card to Cracker Barrel, and also a free Chick-fil-A sandwich um, provided by Uncle Bobby. And all he'll need is your email address, but he promises he will not send you spam mail. Who won? Dave Fesky won. Uh, who's that? He, I don't know him, right? You know him? Yes, yes. He actually worked with a great movie ride with me. So he was one of the. He was oh, the so randomly the inside winner. Well, well, ah, it, it was a, it was work. a randomly selected winner. We used a randomizer, of it was. and it, and Dave Fesky won. Okay, I'm just checking now. I've been yeah, trying yeah. to be. Be fair here, you know. I wasn't able to witness it, you know, so I don't know how you picked. You know. No, we were very fair about it. We used a randomizer and everything, so he he was the winner. Okay, just checking, man. All, All right. right, so let's head All over right, so to I your will, uh, your scam. Let's do your scam. All right, so this could be a scam loser, but so whatever. But basically, to me, it's the NFL. Okay. And what they did was this year. And sorry, everybody, I wasn't on for a while, but it wasn't my fault. You know, I, I was ready to go, but, you know, whatever happened, happened. And uh, I know you all, it's been a while since I've been on. I just wanted everybody to know that uh, it was, it's been a long time, and I'm really sorry for that. So hopefully it won't happen anymore. It won't happen anymore. Uncle Bobby is back with us. So um, okay, listeners so, out there, you, may, you know that Uncle Bobby will be a staple of this show from now on. Okay, so my scam is the NFL, and what happened was this year, and it's probably going to be every year, but it's, this year is when they started it. They did not play the late games on Sunday of the last game of the regular season. And their reply to it was because they were afraid some teams that they knew they were already in the playoffs, that they would not play any players that normally would have to play to be able to make the playoffs. And I don't think that was right because people look forward to that late game. And also, if you don't give people enough notice of the game time change, then they're going to miss the game. So I don't know why they did it, but I, hopefully it's not going to be permanent, but it sounds like it might be. So that's my scam right there. I don't know how you feel about it. But. No, I definitely agree. I think that with this situation, it would be better to have the games later at night because that is primetime football. I think that it would be good that the teams would play later in the evening because that's usually the time that you see the primetime game. And people might not be at work anymore, so they might have more viewership if they had games later in the evening like that. So... Um, it's an interesting point to bring up. I think that they definitely need to look at it. They definitely need to revisit this issue in the off season. possibly see if they can just push both games on Sunday to a later time slot, or maybe even Saturday and Sunday, um, pushing them to a later time slot so they can work on it that way. So let's move over to winners and losers. I know that you won't be able to do it with JT and I because um, we're going to be in the studio together and he has work and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, um, who are your winners and losers um, from this past week in sports. Okay, so I'm going to have just two winners, no loser, because I, like I said, I kind of count the NFL as my loser also. But uh, my two winners, the first one is uh, Texas Rangers pitcher Cole Hamels. Um, and what he did with his wife was they uh, have a mansion uh, basically out near the uh, Ozarks area and all that. They went ahead and decided to donate the whole mansion Wow! Uh, to this uh, group home. Basically, and it's what it's going to be. It's going to be for uh, kids with like disabilities and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be able to use that for like uh, you know getaways, things like that. Cool. So they donated the whole mansion to them. It's on a nice bunch of acres up to a lake, and so yeah, really nice of them to do that. 
So I applaud them for that. Um, my other winner is, uh, kind of feel sorry for him in the long run, but Todd Gurley. Don't know if you heard this, but basically he, uh, went to one of the local hospitals and he, uh, uh, basically met some young child and gave them tickets to the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. But the problem was he said, uh, hopefully we'll be there playing. And of uh, course they're not. And they're not. So I feel sorry for him, but uh, it was nice enough that he actually was able to do that. So I uh, appreciate him for doing that and helping us some young child on that. So it worked out pretty good. Awesome. Very good. Well, hopefully next week we'll see you in the studio. Um, but once again, thank you, Uncle Bobby, for the scam of the week and also your winners and losers. We'll see you next week. So once again, congratulations to Dave Feske for winning the gift cards and also the free Chick-fil-A sandwich. We'll be contacting you shortly to get your address and things to send it to you. So once again, congratulations. So JT, let's move on to our winners and losers of the week. And I will start with you, sir. Thanks, Dylan. All right, so my winner this week is going to be the ECHL as they announced their a new format for their All-Star game next year, 2019, in Toledo, Ohio. So get this, Dylan. You know how the Pro Bowl and the NHL, they have, like, team captains, and they kind of pick the roster for, like, the division. So the NHL, you know, they're doing the divisions, the Metropolitan, Pacific, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Three on three. But for the ECHL, what they're doing is – is they're still going to have the three-on-three. They're still going to do three-on-three overtime and all that kind of stuff. But what they're going to do is they're going to have a Western Conference all-star team. They're going to have an Eastern Conference all-star team. And then Toledo is going to get two teams of the Toledo players for that team, and they're going to play against the other, the best of the West and Eastern all-star teams. So that's going to be really interesting uh, when that format starts up next year. So... That's my winner this week just because it's very creative. It's not boring. A little wild twist. My loser this week, Dylan, is going to be Don Garber, uh, the commissioner of the MLS. Of course, today was the MLS Super Draft, and he had to make the announcement for the history for the first pick for LAFC. And he kind of got a little nervous or something. I don't know what happened, but he was up on that podium, and the Sons of Ben, which is the support group for the Philadelphia Union, they were there chanting, Save the crew. Save the crew. And I don't know if Don Garber got flushed or what, but he's out there saying with the first pick of the 2008 MLS draft. <laughs> what? 2008? He's that 10, was years, 10 late. years ago, man. He's Where 10 years you been? So he, then he goes on and says LAFC has picked uh, Joe Coutinho. And then he, but why he's saying LA? He's saying Los Angeles football craft. Football Kraft? What? He's thinking of Robert Kraft. That's what's oh, happening. Man. He's thinking of the Patriots well, winning the Super Bowl. Robert Kraft does own the soccer team, New England Revolution. So there See, you go. There but you go. Don Gobber, come on, man. You, you got to compare. If you're going to mess stuff up, at least have some index cards, something, man. Come on. Something. So he's my loser this week. Dylan, who you got? My winner this week is going to be the Oakland Raiders for the NFL determining that the Rooney rule was actually complied with when it came to the Raiders job search for know, John Gruden. That. So that's, that's fantastic for them. Um, my loser this week is none other than our, our former head coach, Mike Mal- Malarkey. Uh, sorry, you don't have a job next year. You were a very nice guy, but guess what? You need to get into the modern world and figure out an offensive system that would actually work in modern-day NFL. That's the main reason why you left here. That's the main reason why um, you, you, you are not going to be a Titans head coach anymore because you were very close-minded. Just have an open mind. Just go, in, go, go watch some tape. Go see what works in the NFL now and just mold your offensive scheme to what, what's happening in the NFL today. Look at Bill Belichick. Just look at his offensive scheme and, and kind of, you know, if you want to copy some things, go ahead. But 
Definitely. So those, those are my winners and losers this week. Let's talk about final thoughts. And this week we're going to have a generic one because JT needs to go to Under Armour. So he is rushing out of the apartment momentarily. But um, enjoy the games this weekend. Hope you guys definitely uh, have fun watching those games. And and um, yeah, we'll talk about it more next week. We will break down the games, each and every game, because that's what we do here on Out of Bounds. And uh, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, um, our Facebook page is Out of Bounds with Dylan James. Our Twitter account is OOB Podcast. And JT is JTSocka88. That's JTSOCKA88. And mine is Dylan underscore James. Make sure to follow us there for the, all the latest updates on the show. Thanks once again for listening to us. And we will see you guys next week. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. Get you the ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.